Hello, my name is Ron Harrigan, and this is the Fulcrum Strategies Healthcare Update. Today is March 23rd. There are 34,000 COVID-19 cases in the U.S. right now. The real number is likely to be much higher due to a lack of testing. You know, I'd really hope that by now everybody would be taking this crisis seriously. Unfortunately, as I watch videos of kids on beaches enjoying spring break, read idiotic questions and theories on social media, and look at some of the polls, it tells me that not everybody gets it. So here's my attempt to make the rest of the population understand. I've worked in healthcare for over 30 years now, and I've spoken to several doctors over the last few days about the clinical implications of COVID-19. I'm also an economist, so I understand the incredible economic damage we could suffer from this virus. There are reasons we have to close schools, restaurants, and practice social distancing. There's even reasons why we have to shelter in place in some situations. The first reason is to combat the rapid spread of this virus. Right now, the infection count is increasing at a rate with double the number of cases every two and a half days. We know a big part of that number comes from increased testing. However, it's helpful to think about what would happen if that rate continued for the next two weeks. Given the nature of this virus, without closures and social distancing, we could very well see that kind of infection rate explosion. If the number of cases continues to grow at its current rate, and they doubled every two and a half days, we would have over 280,000 cases by this time next week. That would mean somewhere around 56,000 people would require a hospital bed. Two weeks from today, at the current infection rate, we would have 2.2 million cases and need 450,000 hospital beds. Ladies and gentlemen, we simply don't have that kind of capacity in our healthcare system, and it would be hard-pressed to create it in such short notice. That's why every doctor, every healthcare expert is so emphatic about social distancing. The only way to keep this crisis from happening and keep our healthcare delivery system from being completely overloaded is to slow down the infection rate. And that means following all the steps and advice from the experts, no matter how difficult they are. Doing anything else, in my opinion, is not just idiotic, but it's also dangerous and selfish. Now let's take a look at the economic impact of this crisis. It seems at least highly likely that this crisis is going to produce a recession. The length and depth of this recession is most likely tied to how we handle the infection spread. Right now, our leaders in Washington are working on passing an economic stimulus bill, and there's talk of injecting almost $2 trillion into the U.S. economy. Let's put that in perspective. $2 trillion is more than the entire annual economic output of Canada or Italy. We all remember the last economic crisis in 2008 when the housing market crashed. During that time, the federal government injected $750 billion into the economy under the TARP program. I would argue that this crisis is poised to be much worse if we don't get in front of things. There are many factors working against us this time. How much of the economy is impacted, the current debt situation of our country, and the worldwide impact of COVID-19. In 2008, when the housing industry failed, it dragged down much of the rest of the economy. Economic growth went from 2.9% in 2006 to a negative 2.5% in 2009. Our unemployment rate went from 4.9% in 2006 to 9.9% in 2009. That recession was bad. This one, well, this one could be much worse. First of all, 
A much larger segment of the economy is being impacted. Everything from retail to tourism to travel and entertainment and beyond are all being impacted almost overnight. The breadth of the impact is now much more far-reaching than we faced in 2008. Another point to consider is the recession of 2008 was isolated to this country. Our recession dragged other countries down with us. This crisis, the virus is worldwide. Other countries are dealing with the same kind of economic impact we are. In China right now, they're worried about the very same issues we are. So global economic impact could be significantly more severe this time. Finally, we need to consider our debt situation as a nation. In 2008, when the government injected $750 billion of cash into the economy, they were in a much better situation to do so than we are now. Because in 2008, our debt to GDP ratio was only 64%. After the TARP program and the recession that followed, that ratio went up to 83%. The problem is, unlike every other recession and recovery, we kept spending this time and kept offering tax cuts. So our current debt to GDP ratio didn't go back down to 64%, it's up to 106%. That's right, we owe more debt than we have GDP, our gross domestic product. The only time in history that our debt to GDP ratio has ever been over 100% is in the two years right after World War II. With this new injection in cash into the economy, and the economic recession that is likely to follow, our debt-to-GDP ratio will most likely increase to the highest level in history. This could cause interest rates to rise as China, dealing with its own economic crisis, may be reluctant to buy our debt. That will cause inflation and unemployment rates to rise. Now, this isn't just my opinion. Nobel award-winning economist Paul Krugman recently used a term that I've never heard from an economist. He's now talking about a concept of permanent recession. Now, those are two words that I don't like when they're used together. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, a pretty bright guy, has warned that if we don't do something, we could see unemployment rates of 20%. Only one time in our history since the Great Depression have we ever seen unemployment rates even over 10%, and that was for one year in 1982. Can you imagine the impact on this country if unemployment rates get to be twice as bad as they were in 2008 and 2009, here's another thing to consider. While there are no great statistics that everyone fully agrees upon showing the correlation between unemployment rates and increases in the death rate in this country, we do know there is a positive correlation. The best studies show that even after adjusting for social differences, a male who is unemployed is almost twice more likely to die than a male who is employed. Several conservative models suggest that for every 1% increase in unemployment rate, an additional 1,500 people die per year that otherwise wouldn't have to. So while we watch the fatality numbers for COVID-19 increase, and we mourn every one of those individuals, we also need to think about the fatalities that would be caused by an economic collapse. If our current unemployment rate of 4% did go up to 20%, that would mean a fatality rate of an additional 24,000 people per year. So the next time you see somebody doing something stupid or someone wonders what the big deal is, try to enlighten them. This is a big deal. It's a very big deal and it will be a big deal for a long time. It's up to all of us to do what we can to minimize the impact of this virus and help each other out as much as possible. I have a friend who was in the Navy. He told me once that when you're on a ship, 
everyone has a job when it comes to fighting a fire. The reason is that if the ship sinks, everybody gets wet, nobody's spared. People, we're all on the ship together and we are all gonna get wet unless we put this fire out as quickly as possible. Thank you, be safe, and be well.